0: Morning, everyone. Good to see so many people here. Thank you so much, uh, all the relatives and friends that have been willing to be dragged along, kicking and screaming, to a church service. Thanks for coming. Really uh, appreciate that. I know those who are. um Praying for their children this morning. Really appreciate your, your support today. So uh, thanks for being with us. I'm going to talk for just a short while about some, some principles of parenting. Really, they're good principles for, for relationships, full stop. And uh, I'm basing that around a, an occasion when people uh, brought their kids To to children. Uh, I don't know what those who are parents will remember how much parenting changed for them if you have more than one kid. Uh, Things change over the years, don't you? I remember with our first child, we were just, she says her life was a bit harsh. Uh, you know, we were a bit stricter on her than number three. And I, I think, to be fair, that's probably true. So sorry about that, Kiss. Um, but as things goes on, it changed. So number one, we, we just were so uptight. We wanted to get everything right. We, anything that moved or, uh, or didn't move got sterilised. You know, you sterilize everything inside, every surface, every toy, every dummy, everything's getting sterilized all the time. You're so uptight, you just, oh, I've got to get it right, this old oh, child's in danger, she fell, oh no, she fell over, you know, everything. And then n- number two comes along and you think, oh, it fell on the floor, we just run it under the tap, that would be all right, be all right. Because uh, you've got number one shoving all sorts of germs at them anyway so and then by the time he gets to number three honestly when it, number three I remember walking into town and dummy drops in disgusting um, gutter by the side of the road number one child picks it up licks it off shoves it in <laughs> shoves it in the baby's mouth and you think hey it's okay it's, we relax." Things sort of change, and, and obviously fashions change. I remember our number one child, you, you had, had to sleep, I can't remember which way around it was, had to sleep on their stomach. That is the rules, that is the law, that's what the health visitor says, and health visitor is you know, just under Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, so it's, it's a, uh, health is a stomach. Number two, it was, no, you can't do that. No, something dreadful happened. You must put them on their back. See, so, okay. okay. Okay, so what's r- healthy is completely changed. Like, okay, on the back, that's the modern assignment. By the time we got to number three, we were a bit cynical because they were saying, really you need to prop them up on their side, which seemed to be totally unreasonable. But they all, they all survived, praise God, we're very grateful. And, uh, but things change over the years, but some things I think in relationships, and particularly with bringing up children, don't change. So I just want to read out an incident uh, to you. It may, may come up on the screen, it's from Mark chapter 10. Uh, The little children and Jesus. And uh, the record says that people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. And I've just got three quite quick things. We'll maybe sing a song again before we get to the cakes, which I know is what everyone's really looking forward to. So uh, uh, three things, three principles uh, of parenting particularly. And, And the first one is this, the loving touch. But loving touch, appropriate touch communicates so much. I mean, it's what you do that counts more than what you say at the end of the day, isn't it? That's what, that's what children understand. Is, obviously, they don't understand a word we say at the beginning. That comes as, as, as they develop. But they do understand what we do, the way we touch them, the way we treat them. And loving touch is so important communicates unconditional love, communicates acceptance, communicates care before any other understanding comes. And these parents particularly wanted Jesus to touch their children. There's power in appropriate touch. In fact, the word touch here in the Greek means to attach oneself or to embrace. It's not a little, you know, it's not that. It's, 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 it's to attach oneself, to really embrace them, it's a strong word. And that's, that's very natural to some people, it comes less naturally, on, depending on our own background and our own temperament, to some of us than to others. But it's so important, it's an affectionate, relational word. So if you can bear a bit of history, Frederick II, who lived in the 13th century, was weird. And he decided that he would do what he thought of as a scientific experiment. He would be locked in prison if he did it now, but this is the 13th century. And uh, he wondered what language would a child talk if they were never spoken to? I know, he's horrible. He's gone, you can't can't have a bad on him. And so he took, because he was an all-powerful ruler, he took 50 babies, looked after all their physical needs, But they were shown no affection or emotion. And the very sad truth is all 50 died within a year. Though they were well fed, they had their nappies changed, they were put to bed at appropriate times. But they were never spoken to, they were shown no affection, all 50 died. Not because they lacked nourishment, because they had no relational, no emotional connection. The interesting thing is if you could go on the internet and look up um, uh, attachment and and look at the brain, put those two words in, you'll see pictures of what happens when a child is given affection uh, to the development of the brain and what doesn't happen in the development of a brain when that, that affection is not given. You can see a physical difference made by emotional attachment and physical touch. It's amazing. It's amazing how important it is. Now, it would be really interesting if we did a, 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 a sort of if we had a hugometer here, and, and uh, so which people enjoy being hugged and giving a hug, and which people don't. I was really, I find it really funny because sometimes we have some people who will remain nameless who on the doors on a Sunday morning, and, and they're like hug machines. In fact, sometimes you can see some of, some of the non-hugging people who come and gather on a Sunday morning almost see to, seem to sneak in and come down the side corridor just just to avoid it. Because <laughs> we're all different in that regard, aren't we? And, and some people like a firm handshake. And so, some people, you see, getting near the welcome teams and they put their pockets really deep down, say all right, yeah, and then they, they get past. And, and that's their sort of test of the morning it's good to be welcomed it's good to be welcoming but you know what I mean some of us are naturally more huggy than others of us and then of course there's a guys who if they hug because they're good mates will always do a very masculine three pats on the back at the same time just in case anyone's wondering if they're manly or not you can't seem that guys can't hug without that it's just a physical impossibility sorry about that ladies just just the way it is between guys he does it to you as well well that's very strange considering considering you're married yeah it's so important the loving touch now i i was brought up my i knew my mum and dad loved me but my my father was a very non-expressive guy well, that was okay I, I knew he loved me he, he certainly told me off when i needed it and i knew he loved me but he wasn't very expressive and, and in my 20s i was i was i had some well, I don't know what the modern word would be mentoring i suppose and, and the guy just picked up, he said, to you, me, you talk a lot about your mum, you don't say much about your dad, tell me about that relationship, and we, we talked about it, it wasn't his fault, it was to do with his parents and to do with the hours he worked and all of that sort of thing, and, and uh, he said to me, I've got a bit of advice for you Richard, when you go home at the weekend to hug your dad, I said it felt really awkward, I don't know if you've got any, it just felt really strange, I sort of hugged him, it was a bit like hugging an Ikea wardrobe the first time, <laughs> it was sort of... It was a bit like that. felt felt strange, but the funny thing is, it did something. I can't explain it. I'm not a. You can probably tell I'm not a counsellor type person. I, I, I'm just is it just a bloke, and I hugged him. But it did something, and and our relationship. Just such a simple thing. That bit of physical affection changed our relationship from then going forward it's just such a simple thing so if you're thinking oh I've got someone like that in my life you know give it a go see what happens physical the loving touch is so important and that's what these people were begging Jesus to do for their children usually in the gospels of Matthew Mark Luke and John when the word touch comes in it's usually to do with physical healing People getting better from stuff miraculously. But there's something miraculous that happens just in the natural when we show appropriate physical touch by parents. It's needed by boys as much as girls. Some people think, oh, his boy doesn't need it. No, no, no. Boys need affection just as much as girls. And in fact, they keep needing it even when they say it's not cool anymore. Some of us are in that stage of parenting. It's ah. Uh, uh. I know it's all right. It's okay. I'm all right. I can remember walking up. um, uh, I was brought up in Sussex. I remember walking up Upfield High Street and making my mum walk about twelve feet ahead of me, thinking it was her problem because she was really embarrassing. Actually, it was. It it was all about where I was at, really. And the truth was, I still needed, even though I was trying to look cool, I still needed a hug before bedtime. That's that's just the reality of it. So, even when they don't want it, I, I watched a video uh, recently, I think it was in, uh, in a school where um, it was in a school in a very needy area where some of the kids were, were struggling with uh, issues in their lives. And uh, as they went into class, the teacher had this rule, a video was taken of it, that, that they could choose. But it's the start of the day, the teacher stood by the door and, and they could go in as they could. Go- they went in, they chose. They went like that if they wanted a hug. They went like that if they wanted a fist bump. They went like that if they wanted a high five. I can't remember what that was. I've forgotten the other one. But that, that kind of thing. There's a teacher that's understood something. That, that these kids need some attachment. These particular lot of kids need some love. But the truth is we all do. From one another. Even when we're grown up. We actually all need affection. The loving touch. And they were asking Jesus... For that Second principle, which I, which I hope is helpful, the loving touch. How about this one? Lots of time. Lots of time. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. They just do. They need lots of time. And the disciples weren't into that. So the, here come the parents. They've got their kids. Oh, can they play with Jesus, please? No, no, no. no. He's far too busy. He's a, he's a rabbi. He's a prophet. He might even be the Messiah and the Son of God. You can't spend time with him. He's way too important, way too busy. And Jesus gets really cross with them. Really cross. It, it's a bit weak, the, this translation of the Bible. It says he, he was indignant. The word is about like he, he came to them snorting. He, I mean, he's sort of steam coming out of his ears angry. That's, that's what he's like. He's really, really cross with them. He's cross with them because he loves kids like he loves all of us and wants to spend time with us. And, and, and he's cross with them because he's saying, hey, actually... Everybody needs to come to me like a kid. Everybody needs to come with nothing in their hand and just accept my love. That's what he goes on to say. If you don't accept the kingdom of God in a childlike way, you ain't getting it at all, is what he says. So he he wants to spend time with them. And, And kids then were basically the same design as now, I'm pretty sure. I can sort of imagine them while he's trying to uh, give a blessing to them, you know, playing with his nose. I noticed one this morning, playing playing with the microphone while Dad was trying to pray for the family. I I love all that. It's it's fun. They they were the same. They would have been sliding down his legs. They would have been asking him, you know, why is an orange? They would have been, you know, all those sort of things that, that kids ask. They were just kids and they needed time. And, you know, in our busy, busy world, our children need time. That's what they need. I don't know if for any of you are Formula One fans. I, I'm not a Formula One fan, but I, I watch the highlights. <laughs> to be honest, quite like the crashes, but that says something about me <laughs> and the overtakings. So I sometimes watch the highlights. and what, I'm always amazed by the pit stop. You know how much they can get done. They're in and it's and there's four tyres on and they've changed this and they've changed that and they've refilled in seconds. They do so much so quickly. You know you cannot do pit stop parenting. Some of us in in our crazy world it feels a bit like that sometimes. You can't do it like that. Have you got clean underwear? How was your day? Have you done your homework? Have you brushed your teeth? Don't eat yellow snow. Good night. It's. it's you can't, you cannot do it like that. I read something recently, at an article that suggested that the average dad now spends 30 seconds of meaningful conversation a day with their children. Well, I hope we're well above that average. 37 seconds of meaningful conversation. I, I don't know, I've, I mean, most of us don't have a stopwatch out, do we, that's it, your time's up. <laughs> But I know it's challenging in, the, in, in busy in a busy life, a, a, and even even more so if you if you happen to be parenting on, on your own. Hats off to to all those who are single parents. It's a it's a tough gig. It's hard to get the time in and get everything done and all the rest of it. But but the truth is, no one ever died saying, "I wish I spent more time hoovering. <laughs> I wish I spent more time answering emails." There's a big to-do list in, 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 our, in our homes. There's always stuff that needs doing. There's always demands on our time, but sometimes we need to make peace with what's not done just to spend that time with our children. I remember when our firstborn was, was young and going to preschool, and, and in those days, you know, one of the first things they did is, what, what does your mummy or daddy do? And uh, I had to face up to an uncomfortable truth when her reply was, he talks on the phone at dinner time. <laughs> that was, apparently, that was my occupation, <laughs> to talk on the phone at dinner time. <laughs> but uh, that was a valuable life lesson taught by my, whatever, three-year-old. No, no, actually, there's some things much more important. And the truth is, of course, all relationships that you care about take time. All relationships that you care about just take time. And, and, they, and time goes really quickly. The Apostle James says, how long does your life last? Good question. How long does your life last? We don't know, of course. What is your life? You're like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's a very sober perspective. Let's give time to important relationships. And if you're a parent, one of the most important ones is time with your child. Because your children at the end of the day are what you leave to this world, aren't they? They're what you leave, they, they're your legacy, they're what you pass on to the future. So lots of time, loving touch, and the third one is this, encouraging talk. Encouraging talk. He, it says here, he took them in his arms and he blessed them. In other words, he spoke good things into them. He, he may just have used the Old Testament priestly blessing, we, we just don't know. But they, they were taught to say, The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine on you like the warm sun and, and be gracious and kind to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. They were speaking positive, good things from God into the life of these little ones. It may have been it may have been something completely different. Like I mean saying, Hello, handsome, you're gorgeous, you're wonderful. Look how wonderfully God's made you. I don't know what he said to them, but he spoke encouraging words of life into them. That's a really good principle, a really good principle for us. Actually, the Bible says that God the Father did that to Jesus himself on one occasion. You're my beloved son. I'm really pleased with you. It's a great thing. It's a great thing to catch your children doing something good, it's quite easy to do the opposite, but I catch them doing something good and tell them. But it's even better just to tell them that who they are in themselves, whatever they do, they're loved, loved by you, loved by God. Positive words, because the truth is that that they grow up in a blink. I'm sufficiently ancient now to say that. I mean, I mean, they're there in your arms, and you're having photographs taken in in the uh, in the antenatal group and 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 you blink and then they're crawling around eating everything and and you blink and then they're riding a bike and you blink and they're taking their driving tests and you blink and 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 they're gone they come back a lot but they're gone (laughs) take time to speak words that are positive words that are constructive words if you can manage it that are full of god to your children loving touch lots of time and encouraging talk. So just, let's just reflect on that. Just for yourself, personally. Do, do, I, do I love and show affection to those I love appropriately? Do I? Am I spending my time well? Am I building those relationships up with my talk as opposed to tearing them down? Let's just pray. Father, would you stir up love in us? Father, would you please help us to express that love in words and in touch and in the way that we spend our time? Amen. You know, the Bible says that God wants us to see him as a, as a heavenly father, a heavenly parent. And his love towards us is not based on our performance how well we've done. It's based on his nature. God is love. And he loves to do the things we've talked about. He loves to touch lives. He loves to whisper his love to us. He loves to spend time and interact with our lives. And one of the things he loves to do is forgive us, reassure us, come into our lives and uh, he longs for that. So I, I know some of us have been dragged here and out of family loyalty. We've come along. So well done. Hats off. Congratulations. Well done. It's really appreciated, I know, by your family members. But the truth is, I'd be failing in my, in my duty if I didn't say, God wants to be the center of your life too. He loves to come. He loves to welcome anyone who wants to come like a kid. Some of us a bit too sophisticated, we think, for that. But that, that's the basis that we come to God on. I don't, I'm this old, I've got that qualification, I've done this, I've seen that. Like, none of that, all of that falls away. And he loves it when we come to him like a child and say, what I need most of all, God, is your touch in my life. What I need most of all is to hear you say, I forgive you, to hear you say, you're welcome, come to me. And Jesus, the son of God, was sacrificed so that we could be forgiven, so we could come to God as our father. Let's pray again and then we're going to sing a song. If the band could come back, that would be great. Jesus, thank you that you're not too busy for us. Thank you that you love to touch lives. You long to spend time with us. You love to speak to us. Thank you that you're not far off this morning. You're just a prayer away within this very room. So we thank you. We thank you for the children we've prayed for and blessed this morning. Thank you for Henley, for Rupert. Thank you for Caleb. Thank you for their parents and families. We ask your blessing on them again. We do say, Lord, may the Lord bless them and keep them. May he cause his face to shine on them and be gracious to them and give them peace. And we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the cake. We thank you for the celebrations that will continue uh, after this service. And we commit one another into your hands, thanking, thanking you that you love to be our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come in your life. May your, in our lives, may your will be done on earth like in heaven. Amen.